wonderful friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research, as always. You guys had a fantastic weekend, some beautiful weather down here in Florida, really good weather, and uh, we're back at it again here, bringing you everything we can and all the updates on every topic we can possibly squeeze into an hour commercial-free so thank you again for allowing us to do that. And if you need anything, healthmasters.com. I put the testosterone support kit on sale on the front page right now, along with the maximum energy kit also on sale. Website, healthmasters.com. And also, too, be sure to check out the Probiotic 100 Billion on the product of the week. You voted for it last week, and it won. The Probiotic 100 Billion, incredibly good product for the immune system. Helps out with the intestinal gut flora, really aids in digestion, and can also help out significantly if you've been taking antibiotics in the past to really, really help aid in overall gut health as far as replenishing those natural probiotics. So be sure to check it out on the website at healthmasters.com. And the first thing I wanted to cover here for a couple minutes, and I wanted to give everybody a heads up on this. Because I've had a few people email me. I've had even a couple of friends text me up and ask me about what happened last week with the ATF and the Department of Justice and their ruling on the so-called stabilizing braces on AR-15 platforms. Now, to anybody that is in the firearm community, you probably already know about this right now. I'm going to clarify this and show you guys what we're actually dealing with now here in this country. You know, a couple of weeks ago, the Federal Fifth Appeals Court ruled that bump fire stocks were not machine guns. They were never machine guns. ATF said they weren't machine guns and overturned the ATF of them arbitrarily going back in and changing their mind under Trump, stating that somehow bump fire stocks are now machine guns and they're just going to go in and ban them outright and turn everybody that owns one into a felon if they don't give it up. Well, ATF has been on a war path because they have literally no oversight whatsoever. They do whatever they want, and it's been a uh, – it's kind of an ironic to me how few Congress leaders ever really bring up how corrupt ATF is. I've talked to you guys about it in detail in the past with their operation Fast and Furious and running machine guns and 50 caliber weapons to the Mexican drug cartel and accidentally losing all of them. In my opinion, was an accident. But what we're dealing now with here, in my opinion, last week with the ATF and Department of Justice is nothing short than a act of war. It's a war act on the American populace. Go back to 2012. You had an individual named Alex Bosco, and he was shooting with a disabled veteran. who was shooting an AR-15, and the disabled veteran basically did not have one. He's only had one arm, and he was having a hard time controlling the rifle. So Alex decided he was going to try to come up with an idea to help this disabled shooter – uh, hold the rifle with one hand, you know, with the AR-15, it's kind of hard. So what he did was he started making a stabilizing brace, and he started working with Sig Sauer. He sent the application to ATF to ask them if it was okay to do this and that it wasn't going to turn the rifle into a short-barreled rifle because it was a AR pistol, essentially. It was like a 10-inch barrel, and he wanted to put this stabilizing brace on the back. ATF said, totally cool, not a problem whatsoever. It's not a stock. It's a brace. Nothing concerning about that you got full approval you got full atf stamp approval sp tactical went into production after the sig brace and they started making the braces that have now sold literally tens of millions of braces through multiple companies across the entire country 
ATF then decided now, 10 years later, last year, 10 years later, after these have been in circulation, they've estimated that there's probably around 4 to 10 million rifles that are equipped with these braces. ATF last year arbitrarily said, you know what? We don't really see a rise in crime with AR-15s that are short with braces. We don't see any illicit activity whatsoever. Uh, but you know what? We've changed our mind now after 10 years, and we want to uh, ban them. And we want to make sure anybody that has a brace now has to register their firearm with the ATF and the federal government as a short-barreled rifle braced. A braced SBR is what they're calling it. And they finally did last week. They have now gone in and said, we now deem any AR-15 that has a brace on it is now a short-barreled rifle, and you have 120 days to comply with the ATF and register your rifle as an SBR. You have to get fingerprinted, you have to get photographed, and you have to pay – they're, they're waving the tax stamp right now, 200 tax stamp, and you have 120 days to do this. If you do not register this in 120 days and you get caught with it, you will be charged with possession of a short-barreled rifle, which is a felony. Now, ATFA can't do that. <laughs> B, ATF already ruled multiple times that this was totally legal for the last decade. Three, there is absolutely no reason whatsoever to even have a smidgen in the imagination to think ATF isn't going to continue to overstep their bounds repeatedly. Everybody that knows me, talked to me in person, already knows my stance on this. You guys do what you feel you need to do, which I'm leaving that out there. But what I am saying is this. ATF is not going to stop. They are going to continue to keep pushing the envelope in order to force registration on everybody in this country at a certain point. They want to know where all the guns are. This is why they've continually pushed in states that you have to do background checks to purchase a firearm from an individual. You have to register it. Florida, we're a free state. If I want to sell an AR to my neighbor Joe, I can walk over there, hand him the gun. He hands me money, and that's the end of it. It's totally legal in Florida. Private party transaction. They want that gone, and this is the first step in doing it. And when ATF just thinks they can arbitrarily come in and say, well, we deem this illegal now. You either register it or you're a felon, the same thing they did with the braces. In fact, with the braces, they said you have to destroy them or give them back. This, again, in my opinion, is a full act of war on the American populace. Is they're letting the American populace know we do not value the Second Amendment. We do not value rights. We are not going to listen to your rights as far as in the Bill of Rights, and we're going to go in now and state this is what we believe. This is illegal. You have to do this now or else. This is an insanely overreaching bounds for ATF to even attempt to do something like this. But again, it shows you where they are headed. And I have told you guys this for years. There is no possible way to get the entire American population to submit and come under heel and basically control us unless everybody gives in their weapons. And there is absolutely no legitimate reason. I looked up the FBI stats. There are no statistical numbers that show there is a higher amount of ARs with braces used in crimes. There is nothing. There is no data, no evidence, nothing to prove that it's a danger to society and everybody needs to register them. This is what happens in a tyrannical society as they slowly infringe on your rights until it's like a boiling pot with the frog. All of a sudden, it's like, well, now we're here. What do we do? In every single country without fail, 
registration of firearms has always directly led to confiscation of firearms, which has always led to genocide from tyrannical governments. Every single time. There is no change in that. It happens every time. Just something to think about in there, but I want to kind of clarify this on what they are doing and how insane this agency is. And man, I wish we had some people in Congress apply to have this entire agency disbanded and thrown apart because this is this is so far-fetched. It's not surprising to me that they're trying to do this because we knew they were going to attempt this last year, but it shows you the level of willful, willful disrespect to the American populace and what we're dealing with right now. So again, take that as you may. Just wanted to get you the news out there. How's your morning going down on, to- on that topic? <laughs> uh, well, th- that's an interesting topic, and you know a whole lot more about it than I do, obviously. Uh, but the reality is, is that you know all of us, or all of the people, or all of the individuals, or whoever is listening right now who has a, a brace on their gun or whatever, uh, or, you know, what, it's just this whole thing's just crazy. And uh, I don't know how in the world they can rule once that it's okay, and then rule now that it's not. But I don't know. We'll see how this plays out in the courts. I think what's going to happen is I don't think the lover gets us through the Supreme Court period. I don't think it'll ever be ruled. But yes, like you said, it's more of a way to register weapons. That's all this is. It's another big registration thing. And it is sad that we have so much instability in these types of people that are making these types of rules. And like you said, I don't know what the ATF can and can't do as far as what their regulatory abilities are and whether how they can make laws about stuff. I mean, the whole thing's just crazy, Austin. So I'm in agreement with you. Uh, you know, just we're gonna have to hold off and wait and see what the courts say on this because, to me, this is all very, very, very strange. And as you've said, and we've said many times on the show, when you have a country that starts to register their weapons, it's the first step in confiscation, and that's what they're doing more and more and more of. It's it's just always the same. It's whenever you start having regulation in anything, it starts causing more and more problems. Let me give you a perfect example. Here's another article that just came up. It says occupational licenses are killing the minority entrepreneurship. When fewer government hurdles and minority entrepreneurs can overcome, you know, economic gaps, it says uh, surely. Capcac basically has a hair braiding salon in Louisiana, and she wants to hire more stylists to meet demand. But Louisiana's strict occupational licensing regulates regulates regulations from doing so, and, and you know, and this is what they've always done. They always come in and they regulate licensing. They do this all the time, and then they after they regulate you, they have the ability to take your license away. I know back in the 80s, here in Florida, 40 years ago. You know, you could operate as a nutrition consultant or nutritionist in the United States, in Florida, and not have to have a license. Well, they came in, they said all of us had to be licensed, and I became licensed as a nutritionist. And I warned people when that happened. I said, once they regulate you and they give you a license, that means if they don't, if you're doing something they don't like now, they can basically take your license away. And when they take your license away, if you continue to operate as that person who is doing that particular service, it, you'll be basically fined and jailed, et cetera, et cetera, for operating without a license. And they do this all of the time. You see it in the regulatory med- divisions of the medical profession. You see it in regulatory divisions of the chiropractic profession. And all of the different people out there that are basically operating under certain specific licenses, now they become basically wards of the state. If they don't do what they're supposed to do, they end up basically having their license revoked, and they can be charged criminally for operating without a license, like I just said. And so the same thing is true with ATF and with these guns. If they suddenly say something is legal, but now it's not, so now you have to have a license to do this, or basically a tax stamp in this case, uh, then all of a sudden now all the people that have this stuff, based upon what they had already said, become lawbreakers. And it happens all the time in government and regulations. You, know, you have to license handymen. You have to license all these different professions. And then what ends up happening is if you don't have a license, you can't operate a license, you can't show proficiency, then they take it away, or they start requiring that you have you know yearly 
classes that you have to take in order to have continuing education classes to make sure you maintain your, you know, your, 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 your field of profession as far as competency. And this happens all of the time with government and bureaucracy. And what it does, it creates giant barriers to entry for people who want to do certain things. Let me give you an example. If a person wants to be you know, doing plumbing repair, I mean, it's easy enough to put a new stopper on a toilet or to, you know, or to change out a faucet. You can't do that legally and charge for it if you don't have a license to be a plumber. Now, I understand there are a lot of yahoos out here who don't know how to do plumbing. I got that, right? I got that. And they shouldn't be out there changing out anything. But if a person is really competent in their field and they know what to do, there's really no reason to have to license them for simple repairs like that. But they continue to do that in the United States to increase more and more regulation, increase more barriers to entry, increase more and more problems as far as people coming in to try to start businesses. And I see this over and over again. The same thing through in Germany. Germany has all kinds of barriers to entry if you want to start a business. You can't just start a business in Germany. In the United States, I know years ago, Sharon wanted, you know, she was basically trained as an interior designer at Florida State University, and she basically signed up and got a license for an interior design license. It was no big deal, no continuing education, no, you know, anything else. But she still had to have a license for that, which to me seems silly. But it's just, again, part of the tax base they do because they're going to charge you every year for the license, and they're going to continue to regulate you based upon what your profession is to a certain degree, if they can, based upon competency levels. So the thing about this is it's nonsense. It's total, complete nonsense. It's like building permits. Now, I understand if you live in a really fancy neighborhood and, you know, you have a fancy house and you basically don't want to have a shed built beside you that's, you know, made out of, you know, you know, old abandoned tires. I got that. Okay, we got that. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about if you want to change a door in your house because the door basically isn't working properly or it's got a crack in it or you would change out a window, then it's more than a $500 repair. You have to get a permit now. It's, it's not, and you have to have it inspected. And all this stuff does is catch, it sets up more and more and more government regulation and more and more control over every single person. And that's what the ATF is doing with this. They're creating more and more control parameters in which they say, oh, by the way, you've got a brace on your gun, so now you actually have a short barrel rifle. So basically, you know, you are in violation. Now you're committing a felony. So now you turn a bunch of people into felons that weren't felons yesterday, but now they are today. It's nonsense. It's like it's like retroactive legislation that changes things in the past. I remember Clinton did this back when he became president. If you guys remember back in the 90s, he retroactively raised taxes for the year before he had come into office. For those of you in business who remember this back in the 90s, you know, many people had to pay additional taxes that they never even owed before for the year before that because they just arbitrarily did this. And it's, it's still it's amazing to me that that actually got through. You know, the, the judiciary, that they were able to do that. But things like this happen all the time, and when that does that, it basically destroys the entrepreneurship, and it shows you just how regulated we are and just how strong we have as far as the government in telling us what we can and can't do in the United States and how it's getting more and more and more, particularly because of the Patriot Act because of continued spying. Now, this is an interesting article from the Daily Mail. It's called The Quantum Apocalypse. It says, when encryption banking stops working and the world savings could just evaporate in just a few years – Experts warn that a quantum apocalypse to take place on everybody's data, make, make everybody's data vulnerable. Quantum computers may become powerful enough to break all encryptions. This will lead to an exposure of sensitive information such as banking details. The quantum apocalypse could tear open everything from the Internet banking to government secrets as the experts warn are just years away. Now, what's funny about this is they're warning us about this. But the government and these organizations and these agencies and these companies around the world are pushing for more and more quantum computing, basically through D-Wave computers, to control every aspect of our lives. That way they can have a quantum computer tied into all the street cameras and phone cameras and every other camera that's available to that particular quantum computer, and they can track every single person's existence for the entire 24 hours a day. They have the ability to do that right now, but they haven't been able to centralize it into a central database that does it continuously. 
that's what they want AI for. And this is what they are going to – then they want to do the brain chips, the, the nanotechnology, and all the different things they could be injecting into us with the COVID vaccines, which they probably are. And all of this stuff is being done to put us into that hive mind that we talked so much about from Genesis chapter 6, where every thought of every man was evil all of the time. So this is the situation that we find ourselves in in the United States right now is that we have a serious problem from a you know, privacy standpoint. And we've talked about this over and over and over about how the Patriot Act in 9-11 was the trigger to start all of this stuff up. So be very careful with your banking information. Be very careful with banking online. I won't bank online at all. I won't put any of my information online. won't do it. At all. I bank in person at the bank, and I, and I know it's convenient. I got that. It's easy to sit there and transfer money from here to there and pay this bill and pay that bill. I simply won't do it because, you know, with credit cards, you have a sense of, how should I say, safety. If you pay something with a credit card and it's not right, you can back charge it. If you pay something, if somebody steals your credit card information and they charge something on it, it's very easy to say, I didn't make that charge. It's fraudulent, and they back charge it. When you start people wire money out of your bank account, it becomes a lot more difficult to get that money back and a lot more difficult to prove that it was fraud. So be very, very careful of giving out banking information to start with. It's very, very critical that you understand that a lot of that information just doesn't need to be disseminated in the public domain. Now, here's another article by John, by William, William Jonas, and it says, COVID vaccine, this is the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. Andrew Brigden suspended as U.S. UK conservative MP. This, this, is a, this, is, this is a big story, guys. Uh, MP Andrew Brigden has had the conservative ship whip removed from him in Britain, meaning he was suspended from sitting as a conservative MP and must sit without party affiliation pending a formal investigation after causing a great offense with remarks saying the COVID vaccines are causing serious harms and the vaccination campaign was the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. You know, and here's the thing here. I'm, I'm going to stop for one second. I'm not saying the Holocaust wasn't a big deal because it was, okay? But Stalin killed 60 to 100 million people, but nobody ever talks about that. You know, China with the Chinese Revolution, you know, tens of millions of people were killed, but nobody ever mentions that. Everybody always goes back to the Holocaust. According to Sky News, Tory Chief Whip Simon Hart said, Andrew Brigden has crossed the line, causing a great offense in the process. As a nation, we should be very proud of what has been achieved through the vaccine program. I can't believe saying this. The vaccine is the best defense against COVID that we have. Misinformation about the vaccine causes harm and costs lives. I'm therefore removing the whip from Andrew Brigden with immediate effect pending a formal investigation. His offensive comment came in a tweet, now deleted, on Wednesday morning, linking to a write-up by Israeli academic Dr. Josh Gitchow of the recently released CDC adverse event analysis where Brigden approvedly quotes an unnamed consultant cardiologist who has said – had told him this is the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. Mr. Brigden, who is a, has a science background as some parliament most critical voice of the vaccines, has thus made himself a big target for the pro-vaccine zealots who have been working for an excuse to punish and cancel him and who have predictably leapt on the first offense they could find. Now, you know, here's the thing. More and more people are telling the truth at higher and higher levels of government about what has happened here with this vaccine, which is not a vaccine. It's an mRNA genetic changing you know, device is what it is. It's unbelievably toxic to the body. We have all these young people now dying everywhere with myocarditis and heart attacks. And it's just a nightmare to do this to the point that the state of Florida has recommended the young people don't even get this vaccine at all. And it's not even put into the shot vaccine shot schedule for, for, for school kids, anybody from the age of six up. So this is not something that we're trying to pretend is 
bad and it's not it is bad and you guys know that who listen to the show on an ongoing basis but it's amazing to me how the media is still being controlled even in great britain by these guys and they don't allow the truth to come out and they basically punish this guy and sanction him because he has the audacity to say it's the greatest crime against humanity since the holocaust and quite frankly he's right i personally think this is going to make the Holocaust pale in comparison. It's going to make Stalin or what he did pale in comparison. It's going to make the Chinese Revolution pale in comparison when we start seeing the real death rates that are occurring with all these heart problems over the next few years, particularly in the countries that are still pushing the vaccine mandates and the booster shots. But the good news is so many people now all over the world are starting to see these athletes die and basically have heart attacks on the field. And they're starting to ask questions like, uh, why is a 20-year-old or a 24-year-old who's in top physical condition suddenly dying on the field and having a heart attack and having to be resuscitated and sent to the hospital, cardiologist, you know, you know, hospital as far as an intensive care and being brought back to life who is basically brain dead? You know, we're asking all these questions now as far as the general population, but there's still that group, that dummy group that won't see it. It doesn't matter. I've told you this story before, and I'll say it again. Years ago, I had a pastor, an evangelist, 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 who came to me and wanted me to give him some information to give to his son, who was pro-vaccine, to vaccinate the baby, his grandson. And this boy was so stupid that he had never been vaccinated. And we went to, you know, a, you know, a Christian school here in the United States for college. They wanted him to get vaccinated, and he got all of his vaccines against his father's wishes. He was like 18, 19, 20 years old, whenever he was, and he went there got all his vaccines. And now he wanted to vaccinate his, his son. Now, rather than doing the research to find out what was going on with this, he decided that he would just get vaccinated. So now he had a son, and he's going to vaccinate the kid. So the pastor asked me, can you please send him information because he's so stupid he won't listen. Maybe he'll listen to you. So I sent him a, a list of 500 – it's either 300 or 500. I can't remember. It's been years ago – of research studies showing the adverse consequences of childhood vaccines. And he calls me up like a week later. He goes, can you send me more? So he said, I'm not, I kid you not. He said, can you send me more? And I said to him, I said, are you just an idiot or just stupid or you got low IQ or what? I said, you got 300. There's no way you've read 300 studies. He said, well, you can't be talking to me like that. I said, I just did. I said, what's, what's wrong with you? I said, you've already got 300 studies. I said, who are you trying to convince? Is your wife doing this? Is your in-laws doing this? Which I know it's not the pastor. I mean, who's, who's doing this? And he said to me, he goes, well, I just need more information. I said, no, you don't. You have you know, hundreds of clinical studies now showing the adverse consequences of vaccines, and yet you want more information. I, see, I said, the problem is you simply aren't listening to what you're reading. And years later, I had the same thing happen to a good friend of mine that I helped raise. I talked to him. He basically had his wife, and she was pregnant, and they weren't going to do vaccinations, and suddenly they decided to do the vaccines. I'll make this story real short, and suddenly one of their children come down with autism. Well, when the child comes down with autism, now there's all kinds of side effects with the autistic child and you know behavioral issues, et cetera, et cetera, and now these two are completely and totally opposed to autism and vaccines. Not opposed to autism, but opposed to the vaccines, and they understand the correlation between the vaccines causing the autism. And I, I spoke to one of them on, on Saturday, the, the wife, and she was just like an absolute anti-vaccine zealot now. But why does it take that? Why does it take a child coming down with autism for you to read the books and read the literature? I know when Sharon and I were pregnant, and I say that very affectionately, when we were pregnant with Austin, and she, of course she was carrying him, and I was kind of like having to deal with all the mood swings, et cetera. So, so it was kind of fun, to be honest with you guys. It was just, you know, Sharon's not my first baby. And uh, it, it was interesting. We ended up reading books on vaccines. We read that book by Dr. Mendelssohn, How to Have a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Pediatrician. And he's a basically a pediatrician. And then we read another book he had written. It's called Confessions of a Medical Heretic. And after I read those two books alone, just those two books, 
I questioned vaccine safety enough that I looked at Sharon and she looked at me and we said, we ain't doing this. If they want to get vaccinated when they're 18, 19, 20 years old, they make that choice themselves. That's their call. It's on them. But we're not going to vaccinate these kids before the age at all, you know, while they're underneath our care and our supervision. So we made that decision before Austin was ever born. And this is so strange to me. It's kind of like premarital counseling. You know, this type of question has to be answered before you get married. This type of question really needs to be answered before you get pregnant. And this type of question needs to be researched before you start injecting children with some unknown substance. But a lot of people simply don't do that. And so what we've done in this country now because of the Vaccine Act of 1986 with, you know, with Reagan and giving them immunity from doing anything they do wrong to you as far as causing autism. And they set up the Vaccine Immunity Fund and Vaccine Damage Fund in which they've paid out $4.5 billion now into vaccine damaged children, which nobody wants to look at that and say, hey, by the way, billions of dollars have been paid out to children that have been damaged by vaccines. There's a problem with this stuff. Parents don't do that. And so they get conditioned to give these children more and more and more vaccines. And now they've been able to get the COVID vaccine and that shot schedule gives them immunity against any kind of liability with that. All of this stuff, guys, is orchestrated to reduce the population of the planet, to dumb down the population of the planet, to reduce the amount of breeding pairs that we have in the planet as far as people that can actually have children, have good, healthy children. And, and we've seen all of this stuff. And, and you know, and here's the thing. I have to ask myself a question sometimes. This weekend, I was talking to a friend, and uh, she was telling me how they used to you know, go to school, walk to school. They're like four and five years old. Uh, she used to walk with her brothers and her sisters and all the different people you know, involved in her family, and they used to go and walk to school on an ongoing basis and never had a problem. We're talking back in the 50s and the 60s because it was safe in America. You know, We had a Norman Rockwell America still, and Paul Craig Roberts wrote this. I'm going to read you part of this. He goes, where did my country go? As an American who grew up in the 50s, I wonder what became of my country. We were homogenous Christian people, proud of our history. We were unified with common language, prayer in schools, and monuments to dead white men. We were safe in our home and schools and our streets and on public transportation. A five-year-old child could walk to safety to school. Public schools were good. Teachers had degrees in the subjects they taught, not in something called education. And we looked to the future with optimism. What happened? And here's this is I'm quoting him exactly. It was torn apart by bitchy white liberals, by the influence of Jewish Marxists known as the Frankfurt School, and by the 1965 Immigration Act that turned the United States into the Tower of Babel. These developments lost a denunciation and unmasking that branded America as a racist, exploitive, and misogynistic. Today, our history is a compendium of crimes, as the New York Times 1619 Project, now taught in public school, illustrates. Restitution set in with the result that being a white American citizen, especially a heterosexual white male, have become second-class citizens against whom it is legal to discriminate in university admissions, hiring, and promotion. White students and employees are also required to be re-educated in sensitivity training. But no other race has to be sensitive towards white people. The family is routinely invaded by the state, especially the neo-Nazi child protective services empowered to seize children from parents on accusation alone. In the 1940s and 50s, no one would have tolerated any of this, so what has become of Americans? If it had happened at once, it would have been stopped, but it happened gradually over time with various wars and economic crises to pull people together and perpetuate the image of unity and constitutional principles. July's fourth celebrations served the same purpose. The destruction of America was an incremental process. I'm saying this, and I'm adding this to it. started in the Frankfurt School in 1933. He's right about that, which they came in with cultural Marxism to universities. As each decade passed, a bit more of America eroded until little is left today. In less than two years, from February 21st to October 22, 
President Biden allowed 1.4 million immigrant invaders to walk across the U.S. border with Mexico. Now, I'm going to stop him for one second. He's being partisan here. Trump allowed a lot of people to come into the United States, too. You can't just blame this on Biden. This is a policy that was done by Congress and the Senate, and our military refuses to stop it. So both both parties are doing this. These immigrant invaders were given work permits only while they await their green cards, giving them residency. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has just signed a bill that passed by California legislature that allows these non-citizens to be employed as local county and state police officers empowered to arrest American citizens. What? How far has our country collapsed? An immigrant invader can walk across the border, get a job as a police officer, and arrest you, especially if you're a Trump supporter who wanted a wall built to keep them out. This is bad, but it gets worse. Increasingly, I see reports of Democratic states such as California and New York are allowing non-citizens to vote in elections. As far as I can tell, the voting is limited to local elections as the blue cities cannot override state and federal voting requirements. But the same collapse that results in non-citizens voting in election, local elections will manifest itself eventually legally, not if not just fraudulently, as present in state and federal elections. So what does it mean any longer to be an American citizen? The Democrats permit millions of people to come into your country. And remember, the Republicans are doing this too. You can't stop this, okay? Remember, Trump's wall didn't get built. You know, it was just stopped. Remember, he controlled both the House and the Senate his first two years. He couldn't get the wall done because of what's going on in the, in the Congress and the Senate. The Democrats prevent millions of people to come into your country where they displace you by exercising your rights of citizenship without being citizens. Don't expect white leadership – this would be the Republicans and the white the Democrats and Republicans – to stop this. White leadership has collapsed across the board in every county. Take something as simple as the Brownies, the female equivalent of the Cub Scouts, the organizations for younger kids before becoming Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. In Canada, the Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts of the U.S. have dropped the historic name Brownies as it has seemed racially divisive. You can't call them Brownies. I mean, well, this is like a brownie. It's like a, you know, it's like a cake, like I'm going to eat a brownie today. I mean, it's just silliness. They used to sell brownies all the time. I have no idea of the historical origin of the Brownies. What is offensive about Brownies? This imply what white girls are describing themselves as is black and this offending blacks. If all whites are racist and the dogma goes, then why would white racist girls call themselves brown? Will the karate rake of brown belt have to go also? And this is a really good article. He asks a lot of questions here because he's saying to us right now as Americans, what happened to us? And I like what he says in here, too. You know, we were a Christian nation. We worship God. The massive majority of people went to church every single Sunday. They prayed together every single Sunday. They prayed before meals every Sunday. They lifted Jesus up. As the Lord of their life, they realized that without Christ, there was no unity of purpose of the United States of America. And it was Christ who got us through World War One and World War Two and the relationship that we have with God, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that this is the day the Lord hath made, that we will rejoice and we'll be glad in it. They realized that the Christian faith was the unifying principle that held everything together. They realized that without the great I am in charge and what's a power that raised Jesus from the dead that was dwelling in us, that was going to continue, that we as a nation could no longer function. And so this is what happened. The anti-Christian groups from the Frankfurt School with an atavistic hatred of Jesus Christ came in to destroy that particular belief. That was their first motive. Their first mantra was to destroy Christianity, and they've done a pretty good job of it. And now we've got the name it, claim it, blab it churches that basically won't talk about Christ crucified. They won't talk about repentance. They won't talk about how we need to repent as a Christian every time we do something wrong and ask God to forgive us and continue to walk in the ways of God and do the best we possibly can because they don't want to offend anybody. They won't talk about abortion being wrong or human sacrifice being wrong or Satanism being wrong or what Jeffrey Epstein did with all these girls being wrong. Uh, yesterday I heard a pretty good sermon at church, and he was talking about all the things that are offensive to Christians in the public domain. 
but he never mentioned one of the things. He never mentioned one of the things that's offensive in the public domain. And I had a friend of mine at church with me, and I said to them, I said, you know, this is ridiculous. He should be listing the stuff now about how Disney is grooming children. He should be listing right now about his school boards are teaching critical race theory and, you know, and, and Black Lives Matter, that all lives should matter. He should be listing all of this stuff right now as the things that are offensive. But the problem is if he did that by next week, 10 percent, 20 percent of those giving units that are there would be gone because they would be offended. Listen to me, guys. The gospel didn't come to be goody two-shoes. Jesus came, he said, to divide father against mother, et cetera, et cetera. And I won't read you that scripture this morning. I'll look it up for the next segment. But the reality is it's not that that's what he wanted to have happen, but he knew that when you started preaching the truth that some people are going to be offended by it and that some people are going to rebel against it because they don't want to listen to the truth. You know, Some people make the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. They never learn from anything. You have somebody who's been married five times. And every single marriage ends in this horrible divorce, and everybody hates everybody. And you know these other people who are married to this individual, it could be a male or a female, that make a difference. They basically end up finding other marriages and having successful marriages, et cetera. But that one person who's the common denominator on this particular marriage, be it man or female, goes, none of this is my fault. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always my husband. It's always my wife's fault. It's always my boss's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. And we see this happening over and over because people are no longer taught to take responsibility for their actions. And that's why we have to – when we see something – remember I quoted that to you a few weeks ago, that a true sign of intelligence is to be able to take both sides of the argument and look at it from the other person's view and analyze it and look at the right and the wrong from both sides. And if we understand that, it starts making more sense. That's why we have to take both sides of this argument and say, was the United States better with Christianity or is it better with this weird name it, claim it, blab it, grab it group of people now that won't talk about repentance or anything else? And this new watered out type of Christianity is really not even teaching the truth. Jesus Christ, Jesus crucified, in my opinion. Well, where was it better? Was it better being a godly nation under God? Was it, or is it better now? The answer is it was better then when we had a true, true Christian nation who was walking in repentance and trying to do what was right in God's sight. But that's what they've taken away from us. They've taken the reasoning skills away. They've done that with fluoride. They've done that by dropping our IQs. They've done this by the crazy stuff they teach in the school systems now that one plus one equals three and all these idiotic stuff they things they say and trying to teach children how to read with whole language skills. They come out of high school. They can't even read. They're functionally illiterate. No longer have the ability for concrete rational thought ever. And so we have a nation now that's been totally completely dumbed down, and they don't understand the Christian roots that we have through Jesus because Jesus is the author. He is the perfecter. He is the originator of our faith. I mean, he's God Almighty. He's part of the triune Godhead. He came here to help us to get out of this and to reconcile us back to God Almighty. And we have to always remember that. We need him. We need him to take care of us on an ongoing basis, and we always need to call on his name. I love you guys. I had the opportunity to pray for you over the weekend. You guys are absolutely amazing. I haven't prayed for you this morning, but I pray for you as soon as the show's over with. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Oh, you're right, and this is why they constantly put just theater, bread and circus theater and distractions. And, you know, I had a conversation with one of my friends, too, over the weekend with Kendall's birthday party, and I brought up the whole thing that this whole uh, Hunter Biden, you know, renting his dad's house out for 50000 a month and these files that they continue to keep finding. It's like everywhere they look, they suddenly find another box of classified documents. and. I said the whole thing's constant theater. I said they're figuring out a way to, you know, decredit the bumbling buffoon because he's pretty much uh, used up. I mean, I don't. You can't. You can't keep covering for him any longer. <laughs> I mean, he's he's so senile and he can't even talk without a teleprompter. And most of that, he still botches that. That I think they're trying to figure out a way to get him out of there. But again, it's all complete 
theater. You know, why why don't why don't we have front row seats to the CNN? Uh, you know, watching the FBI raid Hunter Biden's house or you know Joe Biden's residence. You know, where where are the FBI agents? Where's CNN up front with the camera right up front? Oh, that's right. None of that's happened. Oh, that's right. You're not going to see any of that. It's like the same thing I told you that one time when they raided Roger Stone. And suddenly, 5 a.m., CNN's there with cameras rolling as the FBI agents drag him out in handcuffs with 30 armed FBI agents for somebody that wasn't even a threat at all. And yet suddenly, somehow, CNN gets direct access right up front to watch Roger Stone get pulled out of the house. Now, the million-dollar question is, if he wasn't a threat, then why'd they send 30 FBI agents? If he was a threat and they needed 30 FBI agents, why did they allow CNN to not be behind a fixed perimeter? The answer is all the above. They wanted it to be theater. It was set up completely from the beginning. This is what they do when they want to decredit somebody is they go in and give the media instant access to it before stuff even happens. This is why they're continually doing this to push certain narratives and then other things. You don't talk about it. No. Balenciaga? What's that? Child trafficking? Well, we don't, we don't talk about that. You know, that, that. That got a, a day of coverage. We're not going to talk about that anymore. We're, we're, we're going to talk about Kim Kardashian and, and the 57th variant now that's out there. Why? And you need to get your 86 booster shot. That's just what they keep pumping and pushing and pushing. There's very few places that are talking about what's going on with the food across the entire world right now. I mean, we talked about the egg prices the other day. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you're seeing multiple places now. I saw a major French food company now has shut down 80% of its production as soaring energy costs made the company uh, it wasn't economical. They couldn't operate it. Saw another one that was saying the uh, cost of living in sweet supermarkets are beginning reporting surges of food theft. Now they're going in in England and they're giving farmers money and subsidizing them if they adopt green agenda policies. And so they're announcing that they're giving these huge grants to farmers in England who are willing to adopt the green energies policy, such as the hedge crow creation and habitat management. But what they're doing intentionally is they're getting farmers more dependent on federal subsidies so the farmers will end up having to do whatever they're told to do later on in the future because they won't be able to function and survive without it. It's what they do. This is how they've promoted and pushed GMO foods so heavily across the entire country. I talked to a guy that used to be involved in farming. I think he was in Iowa or somewhere. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. And he said what they have done now, he goes, Big Agra, who's gone in now and patented all these seeds, they go in and they couple all these package deals together. So you can buy certain equipment or a tractor, and you get a discount on it from whatever company, say John Deere. And then you can buy this – when you buy the seeds from Monsanto or whatever other you know genetically modified company – then they go in and say, okay, well, now we're going to help subsidize your fertilizer and your equipment and your chemicals and your Roundup. We're going to give you discounts on all this stuff in a bundle pack if you buy these GMO seeds. Well, the, most farmers, from a financial standpoint, that's the only viable means they can do now to actually make any type of living. So they go along with it. And essentially, they raise plastic. I mean, it's plastic food, in my opinion. It's what a lot of the stuff is. It's not even real anymore. It's so modified, some of the stuff they're growing. But yet, it's happening and it's expanding, and that's why I've told everybody it's so important. You try to eat organic as much as you can because even that is getting contaminated. But the level of toxicity, the herbicides and the pesticides that are in the store-bought GM food, my goodness, it's bad stuff. And then you start seeing all these things. That's why the food buckets that we put together years ago 
are organic. The ones, the main organic food buckets are full certified USDA tested organic. It's because I've told everybody, I said, you know, if I'm going to store food, you know, with carbohydrates, it's something I'm going to need to eat in an emergency. I don't want to be eating some of that slop that they put in some of these storage, stored food buckets. I mean, there's a couple companies that I had looked at before and tried some of their stuff. And not only was the food taste absolutely horrible, the ingredient list was, you know, five paragraphs long with everything from high fructose corn syrup to MSG to food coloring. And I'm like, golly, like, I don't want to put that in my body. I said, if I eat that in an emergency, I'm going to get sick. I can't, I'm not going to just eat that crap. And so that's why we got the organic food buckets. That's why I've encouraged people, make sure you're having backup food. A lot of people haven't even covered or seen what has been going on with the devastating fire up there in Michigan, you know, with the last week. That was crazy. That Hemlock Grain Storage Dome was on fire for like a week straight because they couldn't put it out because it caught three million bushels of corn on fire and it kept expanding and expanding they had to use 7.5 million gallons of water to get it under control over 150 firefighters from across michigan rushed to the small town to fight the towering flames i mean but yet nobody's really talked about this at all i mean you've got this massive massive storage area where all this food stored and it catches on fire my next question was how did it mysteriously catch on fire like all these other manufacturing plants that we've seen across the country over last year? What That one point, I think I told you, I was, I was like 22 or 23 different manufacturing plants and chicken farms and everything all across the country just randomly go into a blaze the same year. What's the what's the coincidence? What's the statistical probability that could actually happen in one time frame? I don't know. I'm asking you all a question because it seems pretty uh, non-coincidental to me, but yet now – they're telling everybody, oh, food's going up, food's going up, food shortage, food shortage. They're getting people mentally prepped to be more dependent on the government. Oh, we're gonna have to give you, you know, an inflation rebate. You know, here's your here's your inflation check. Here's your food check to get everybody subservient. Because remember, people that are reliant on the government for everything don't say they don't they don't push back. They don't resist, they don't say anything to the government because they like their free money. That's primarily why they did it during COVID. The whole concept of the rebate checks and the massive unemployment checks that they were giving everybody was designed psychologically to make people dependent on the government. Oh, the government shut us down. The government made us close our business for our safety and health because of COVID. But hey, the government cares. They're giving me a check every month, man. They really do care about me, bro. They, they, they're not what you're saying. They really care about me. Look at all this money they keep giving me. They really do like me. They're there for my safety. If there are people that are that twisted in the head, and a lot of it has to do with Stockholm Syndrome. After a while, they finally just start appreciating their captor. No matter how tyrannical, no matter how crazy, no matter how abusive, they start, okay, that's fine. They're, they're, they're taking care of me. They really care about me. I mean, it's like I said earlier with ATF. There's no level of justifiable concept that ATF has the realm to do this. The ATF is an enforcement agency. That is it. They are not a branch that goes in and starts making legislative changes. They're not Congress. They're not a legislative branch. They're an enforcement agency. Congress has not done anything in law with pistol braces, nor do they care about it. Congress never did anything with bump fire stocks because they did not care about it. ATF does not have the legal authority to start going in and saying, well, 
this is totally legal. We said it's legal, and we changed our mind now. Now we're deeming that it is illegal and is now a felony when there's been no congressional change in justifying this type of crazy tyrannical act. That's exactly what Dad said earlier. Once you start allowing the government to come in and do all these things to you and nobody's allowed to talk about it and nobody wants to say anything, there's no checks and balances. This Look at what they did in New Zealand. Remember they went in and all of a sudden they said there's a mosque shooting in New Zealand. Remember New Zealand was actually very well armed up until five, six years ago with that mosque shooting. And then all of a sudden the prime minister of New Zealand comes and says, by the way, we're banning all these guns. You have to register them now. And then everybody registered a huge portion of the AR-15s. Then they come in. Later on, they go, oh, by the way, now you, can, uh, you can't possess these, these, and these, and these. Now you can't buy or sell or any of these now. Well, what, wait, what? Because one guy allegedly went on a shooting spree. Now suddenly all law-abiding citizens have to start turning in guns and registering firearms. There is no justifiable reason in the mind from a logis- logistic standpoint and from a logical standpoint to say, yes, that makes sense. A bad guy has a gun and he's a felon running around doing illegal things because he's a criminal. So law-abiding citizens, you now have to turn in those kind of guns because, well, you know, we're scared you might do something one day. Look at what they're doing and call it out all the time. You can't get away from not doing this anymore, guys. We've had the luxury over the last 20, 30, 40 years of being able to sit back and go, you know what? This is kind of whatever. We'll go along with it. We'll get along with it. We'll just continue to just okay. It is what it is. The problem is they're not they're not giving us the ability to do that anymore. When you start having the government and people in the government start saying it's okay for young children to have sex change operations because well it's science, you are no longer dealing with logical reasonable people. You're dealing with completely and totally out of control communist Marxists. They're doing every single thing they can to push their narrative and force it upon everybody. And the most effective thing everybody can do to resist it is say no. Say no. I'm not complying. I'm not listening. I'm not going along with it. I'm not accepting this. I have a right to also say no. If you want to say these completely and totally lunatic comments and try to make ridiculous, illegal, right-violating laws that are really not laws, they're just violations of the Second Amendment – I also have a right to make my statement about it too. Always remember you have a right to make your voice heard. That was this concept that got lost during COVID. I saw that a lot where all of a sudden you couldn't have an opinion about anything. You couldn't say certain things. You couldn't do anything without whatever they permitted you to do. So always remember you have a right to say no. No matter what anybody else is saying, you have a right to make your own opinion, make your own determination. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. But nobody has a right to force you to do something that you don't want to do. What do you think, Dad? I agree, Austin. I mean the problem is when you start losing your ability to think for yourself and make your own decisions and basically make choices that you want to do, you basically lose the ability to have self-governing. I mean you basically become just a ward of the state and you're under tyranny. And I myself do not want to live under that boot, this absolutism. I don't want to be involved with any of that stuff. I don't want to be told what to do, what time you have to get up in the morning, what time you have to report to your factory, your state factory, like they had to do used to the, in the Soviet Union. And, and if you don't listen, you go to a gulag of the state, and you basically put into a factory setting in which you have to work like a slave. I mean I don't want to be involved with any of that crap. And excuse my language, but that's what it is. But that's where they're trying to take the United States because remember with cultural Marxism. 
They couldn't find a way to get Germany to embrace communism back in the 30s. So that's why they started the Frankfurt School that came out of Moscow at the Goethe University in Frankfurt to try to figure out with a group think tank on how to get the German people to accept the slavery of communism. And when they couldn't do it in Germany because of 1933 and the election of Hitler, and basically they knew that they would be basically run out of Germany or killed, they fled to Switzerland, which they fled to Columbia University because they figured they would take their absolutely horrible Marxist ideals and take them into the United States, into the Ivy League schools. And, and this is what happened. They, 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 ended, they ended up coming into the United States, and that, that led to Cloward and Piven and all the rest of the stuff that have happened you know, as far as how to overwhelm the infrastructure of a republic by creating social welfare programs. All of this stuff was pre-planned, guys, and it's taken almost 100 years to implement it. And again, it takes away your freedom of choice like Austin's talking about. You've got to realize that freedom of choice is not okay, and it's not okay for anybody to be thinking that they can do this stuff to you on an ongoing basis unless you allow them to do it. Look right now. The World Economic Forum and the World Health Organizations are elevating themselves above the world's governments. The World Economic Forum, Rothschild Organization, World Health Organization, the World, you know, Rothschild Organization, the WHO. The WHO, in many cases, people believe that they were directly responsible for the AIDS epidemic that happened in Africa and for the tainted blood supplies, all the things that are happening. Here's an article that says, again, this is a good article. It says, in the last three years, the common people's exclusion for what was still sold as democratic process has reached a pinnacle, Peter Koenig. As a former senior economist for the World Bank and the World Health Organization, Peter Koenig has inside information. He shares what he says. First, ask yourself how Klaus Schwab's organization, the WEF and Rockefeller and Bill Gates, all these Rothschild cutouts, by the way, big farmers organization, the WHO, got the word world in their name. The only organization on a world level – is the United Nations, as its name implies. It is an organization of independent nations. The nations speak not the world, much less a private organization like the World Economic Fund or the World Health Organization. Globalists who speak in the name of the world have already pulled a fast one on us by appropriating a name that suggests that, but that but two organizations speak for the world. Both of these organizations are in the process of acquiring this private authority over humanity. The World Economic Forum has been in it for 53 years, and the World Health Organization since 1948 when it was founded by Rockefeller, whose assets were so intertwined with the Rothschilds, you couldn't tell the difference. In the current year, WHO has, pushed, has, has a big push underway to acquire authority over the health policies of every country, period. If the WHO succeeds, this privately funded organization will be independently – independent of governments and have no political accountability to the people, which is exactly what they want, under absolutism, under tyranny. The same organization who lied and deceived us with the assurance that COVID was safe is grasping for power to impose worldwide whatever dictate it wishes. Are you happy with this? But the World Economic Forum and the WHO operate by inventing threats and controlling their explanations, such as the human-caused global warming and pandemics, dilution to which is the centralization of power and erosion of national sovereignty and accountability people and no longer have cars and no be able to fly planes have to live in big giant megalopolis cities with a 200 square foot apartment for 53 years the wef has worked diligently to create an image of itself as the top club to which to belong they groom up and coming political professional and business leaders invitation to attend a meeting makes the recipient feel special and those without invitations yearn for them this works to create a certainty about the righteousness and the rightness of the wef Agenda and tendencies here addresses that they have no capability of challenging and concepts and accept ideas that they come from big names. After 53 years of this, the WEF has a large and influential following. So I'm going to go ahead and post the rest of this article for you guys to read because 
It's true. All of the stuff that they're talking about is absolutely a fact of how these guys gain power and authority. It's not over a period of one or two weeks or one or two months or one or two years. It's decades of time. Remember this group of people that run the planet, this Kabbalist Luciferian sect, if you want to call them that, which is exactly what they are. They come in and they do everything they want to do over a period of centuries. And, and, there's, a, and there, here's, there's a reason for that. These entities that are, quote, unquote, doing all this, they've got a really long lifespan. And so they don't see 100 years like we do. That's, like the, that's longer than we live. They see 100 years like a blip on their dot, maybe a – you know, a, you know, a year of their lives. That's all they see it as. It's, so it's not a big deal. Well, this year we'll do this. We'll lose 100 years, they get it done. And this is the group that runs the planet. That's why the Bible tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. We've got to get that. We have to understand who they are. Remember when they told you this, the World Health Organization told us back in May that the COVID vaccine gives us a 95% protection. By June, they were telling us the same thing. It was a 70% protection. By July, well, we're getting a 50% protection now with the COVID vaccines. And by August, no protection but reduces the spread. By September, well, it doesn't reduce the spread, but it reduces severity. By October, it doesn't reduce severity, but it reduces hospitalizations. By November, it doesn't reduce hospitalizations, but you aren't going to die. And by December, basically, they're telling you, you know, I'm paraphrasing this, you die, but you get to go to heaven. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? These guys are loons, and they lie, and they lie, and they lie, and they lie. And that's why. Jesus came into the world to get rid of the lie because the God of this age has put a veil around the hearts and the minds of the unbeliever so they cannot believe and know the truth and see the truth. That's why Jesus said that the light has come into the world, but the world has preferred the darkness. That's why we've got to always go to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith, because he'll give you the truth. Read his Bible. Start in the book of John in the New Testament. Great book. Absolutely great book. It'll let you know who runs the planet, how they run the planet, and who their daddy is. Austin talked about it a few weeks ago. I love you guys. I appreciate you. You guys are absolutely amazing. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. And speaking of standing up and being strong, this is interesting. I just saw this article came up on Breitbart. You know, last week I talked about how the state of Illinois, the state, not Chicago, actually, the state of Illinois had a, a sweeping gun bill that pretty much banned all possession of AR-15s without registration. I mean, if you have one, it has to be registered now in the state of Illinois or else you're committing a felony. Uh, unbelievably insane. But now 80 Illinois different county sheriff officers has made it clear they will not be enforcing an assault weapons ban. The Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker signed into law last Tuesday. Pritzker made a statement said this new law requires existing owners of semi-automatic rifles to register their ownership, ensuring that law enforcement knows the location of these weapons of war and who to hold accountable if they fall in the wrong hands. Edwards County Sheriff Darby Bowen was quick to clarify he will not be enforcing the ban. He said part of my duty is right here. Well, give me a second here. It says part of my duties that I accepted upon being sworn in the office was to protect the rights provided to all of us. Listen to this in the Constitution. One of those rights enumerated is the right of the people to keep and bear arms provided the Second Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms for defense of life, liberty, and property is regarded as an inalienable right by the people. I will not be enforcing this ban. It is a clear violation of the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I like this guy. Sounds like sheriff we got down here in Central Florida. <laughs> but this is valid. I'm glad these guys are making a bold proclamation of this because when you start going in, you start saying, well, we know you're law-abiding. We know you're not running around doing anything illegal. We know what you have is legal. We've told you it's legal. It falls under the Second Amendment. But now we changed our mind. 
and now you've got to tell us what you have, and you've got to get it on paper, and you've got to register it, and then we'll let you know if we still think you can have it later on in the future. There's only one way this goes when people do this. It only goes one way, confiscation. So again, thank you for standing up and getting the truth out there. Be sure to put the information out there, inform people. Thank you for forwarding the show. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter on the front webpage at healthmasters.com. We'll send regular updates, specials, all kinds of different stuff on that newsletter. So be sure to check it out, including a link to the show every single day so you can forward the show and get the information out there the best you possibly can. And also, too, we have the articles on the show that we talk about every single day under daily article links on the website at healthmasters.com because there's no question about it. People have to be informed. An informed population is a smart population. A smart population is a strong population that is so crucial because all those things go together. You can't have a smart, strong population that's not informed. It doesn't work like that. This is why we continually get the truth out there. This is why I encourage so many people to have open discussions and talk about what's really happening. So thank you again for that. If you need anything, healthmasters.com on the website or give us a call 1-800-726-1834. As I said earlier, the product of the week will be on sale for two more days until Wednesday. And then what you voted on wins. Looks like the iodine and the liver support are both pulling really, really strong. So be sure if you're interested in those, get on the website and vote for the products that you want to see win later on on Wednesday as product of the week. So appreciate the support, my friends. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for all the emails. I'm getting caught up on them. You'll have a blessed, safe, awesome evening. Y'all enjoy yourselves. Stay strong as always. Continue to keep your immune system strong, your body strong, your mind strong. So, so crucial. Have an awesome evening, and we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. <laughs>